Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. But then also you're looking at me with FaceTime, so it's making me laugh because I can see myself, and I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) The things we do, (laughs) we do for podcasting. Hi. Hi. What's up? Hi. Okay. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and introduce this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, wait. We Um, should introduce ourselves. Hi guys, yes. welcome to an, Hi. welcome to another episode of Old Hollywood Realness. Realness, Old Hollywood Realness. <laughs> um, okay then. I'm Philip Estrada. I'm Kathleen Nall. And uh, yeah, so here we are again, watching another movie, reviewing it like a couple of goobers. <laughs> oh man, this was this was a good one. This oh. was a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we just watched calamity jane from 1953 yeah. starring doris day and howard keel brought to you by warner brothers oh, that's right yep and then um co-starring allison and mccleary as katie brown and philip carey as lieutenant danny gilmartin that's a mouthful <laughs> um yeah. doris day plays um, calamity jane and howard keel plays wild bill hickok so um, what's your history with this movie? Tell me all about it, Kathleen. Well, Philip, um, <laughs> I have vague memories of watching this as a kid, and um, weirdly, um, watching it again, I did. I felt like I remembered it a lot more, um, mainly because, well, first, I, I do love Doris Day, but also I remember it sort of being in my pile of like sort of tomboy movies. Um, um, but yeah, and uh, it was good. And then um, I have like sort of a second association Sorry, of it before with you, before you. What other movies would be considered a tomboy movie? Well, hmm. well, for me, it would have been like Peter Pan or Robin Hood. I know, or even like Star Wars. I know, I know that didn't necessarily include like like the hero being like particularly um, like female, but it oh. just it had that sort of like. It kind of reminded me of that, I guess, in my way. Like, that's what it reminded me of, because I, I used to love, like, I loved, like, yeah, like, Robin Hood or, like, a Luke Skywalker or something like that. And for me, like, sort of Calamity Jane, I remember kind of watching it in that way, like, knowing it was a Western, but it was also sort of, like, in that sense of, like, being, you know, like a girl, kind of like a Tinkerbell. Like, oh, that's right. what she okay. kind of looked like to me. Like, Doris Day, you know, again, these that are, like, you know, sense. being, like, super little kid, you yeah. know, but I remember watching that, like, and then, but then, yeah, I don't, and then the next time I remember kind of it having a recall to memory is like it being really talked about in um, one of my favorite documentaries, which is The Celluloid Closet. Yeah, we'll, and, yeah, um, we'll yeah. get to that because there is some, <laughs> some closeted action going yeah. on in this movie. <laughs> and, I, and I remember even thinking of it, like seeing it then going, huh, really? I never thought of it that way, you know, but, but like. It now, of course, like yeah, watching it with a modern eye, it totally makes sense. 
and in that way like makes it hold up i think now you know like it it actually makes it hold up in a way that i think a movie from that time or even with that subject matter wouldn't so much but you know yeah and you, well, how how do you know this movie? Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, this is the first time I've ever seen this movie, and I honestly don't have much history with Doris Day. I think I've seen, like, what's the one? I think Pillow Talk, the one with Rock Hudson, and then I recently watched A Touch of Mink, which was which was tough to get through, but... That's a that's uh. a whole nother episode. <laughs> but uh yeah, so this is my first proper Doris Day musical seeing. Um I hadn't seen any of her other stuff. So um yeah, this was the first time I've seen it. So I'm watching it with a fresh eye and um, you know, and and hey. a you know, a thirty five year old eye. So it's not being seen through a, you know, it's there's no lens to sort of like color it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, um, all right, so let's just jump right into this mofo. Um, okay. Uh, so it's a musical, and it has a lot of yep. a lot of singing, and not a, not a lot of dancing, but it's got a lot of singing in it, and she does a lot of singing yeah. in it, which is good. And, um, yeah, so, oh, yeah, before we move forward, I guess we should comment, uh, we should mention that the costumes were by a gentleman named Howard Shoup who I am not actually yeah. never heard of before. I just would have assumed it would have been one of the studio costumers, but I'm not familiar with who would have been doing the Warner Brothers costumes at this time, which was 1953. So I'll have to do yeah, a little bit neither. more research into this gentleman. Because they have yeah. on um, on IMDb, they have a lot of people, work, they have him listed just as wardrobe, which I thought that was interesting. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because um, it wasn't until like the very end of the movie I was watching it and I, you know, the whole big Warner Brothers thing came up and I thought, I was like, oh, right, this wasn't an MGM movie. Right. Even though, because, you know, most of the movies, you know, we think of with musicals and that big sort of, those big epic movies like that, we think, I think MGM, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, so Warner Brothers, I always think of like, film noir and gangster movies and mm-hmm. sort of even just black and white films and so this to me i was like huh that's right i feel like warner and, brothers and then though, it kind of, weren't they doing yeah. a lot of the westerns of that time though didn't they, they were doing, so it makes yeah. sense that they would do a western musical it is an odd choice for them but it it makes sense that you they know it, it totally is but it just that that look and that feel and i think also um you know hello howard keel was in it so we're just like i'm just like huh all right yeah. he he wasn't Oh, it's Howard Keel, and he's not in an MGM movie. You know, it was it was very interesting. But but yeah, so that too, because I know, like I was um, kind of reading about that, and I know, like in a way, Calamity Jane was sort of um, like any get any got get your gun was mm-hmm. had just come out right before that, and it and I was reading about how originally I guess they wanted Doris Day for that, um, right. and so this ended up being sort of like the the sort of Plan B lady western vehicle <laughs> for her um but it ended up working out i mean and, and I, it was great and um it apparently was it was doris day's favorite role that she ever had oh. you know like when she looks back like it was the fa- you know the one that she identified with the most and i think that's pretty awesome well, that's cool um and and they did win an oscar for a uh, best song with uh, secret love <laughs> so that's kind of awesome too 
We can get into that song a little bit later, too. <laughs> yeah, Secret Love. It kind of sets the tone for the entire movie. Um, yeah, so Calamity Jane is, she was a, a big, big, like, she she was a big character. Like, Doris Day really played this character, for me, very broadly. She was, like, really going for it. She was yeah. just, like, she's, I'm, she was Took, she made a choice to play this as being like I am a rough, t- rough and tumble, shootinist, rootinist, tootinist kind of gal, and she just really laid it on thick. And I think even at one point I was just like, and there is a point in the movie where she does get all dolled up, like she does go through a, you know, a ladylike transformation, all a Beauty and the Beast. Um, but she yeah. gets like she, her voice gets softer when she's like in lady clothes, and then that, there's a moment in the movie where she gets dirty. She like falls into some mud and gets dirty, and her voice immediately goes right back into this like stereotypical kind of like like a lesbian voice for lack of a better word. It's just like it's so like laying it on thick, where it's just like she's like I'm a lady, but I also speak like a guy, and it's just so like it was such an interest. I was like, okay. Oh yeah, no, her body language was super interesting in this, like especially um, it, well, yeah, even when you just see her at first in the opening, like you know she's in the buckskin and doing everything, but it's it's more than just the clothes themselves, like you know, she's, she's really like putting on a lot of posture and, uh, you know, mannerisms, like she's trying to be a guy, yeah. like, and it's, 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 it's great. It's actually kind of awesome. Yes. Um, yeah. So it was pretty. It was a pretty interesting just to see her like walking around like a guy and like doing that whole like swagger kind of thing. And it's I love that yeah. they actually like in them because I was doing a little bit of like research on just on Calamity Jane as a person, and they were saying that a lot of her. T- exposés, tales of um, exploit and stuff like her life story as she told it was a little bit kind of tall tale. And so a lot of people yep. didn't really believe what she had to say. So I like that they kind of used that as a storyline and a bit of a, like, um, you know, they used it to move the story along to just be like, everyone thought she was full of shit. And so, which I thought was kind of funny because they even show it where she's getting away in the stagecoach in the very beginning and they're being chased by native, you know, the, the Indians at the time, which by the way, we just need to preface this. This movie is, this movie is like pretty rough on the native Americans. Like it is not like it is. You know, I I know we, you know, we've mentioned previously about shoehorning and I feel like the whole, you know, and, and I understand, like, you know, Native Americans, and just and that is all part of the history. <laughs> this thing is loosely based on history, and so right. the fact that yeah. there's like, you know, the fact that they've sort of put this this whole Native American storyline in there is just, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Well, they're it's uncomfortable. With they're the not even eye. really used as like proper, like they're not even a proper storyline so much as they are just they're like it's a fact of life that happens in the background and it's just like it's it's kind of rough the way that they refer to them the the language they use it's just it's definitely not gonna it's not gonna win any favor in this day and age and especially with the current climate of all the political correctness that's happening right now oh yeah so oh for sure like, i was just like whoa they are using some some terms that we are not <laughs> we're not keen on just sort of throwing around these days. So yeah, I was like wow, that's tough. But what I was saying is, is that the whole beginning sequence where she's the stagecoach, she's helping a stagecoach get away, and they're under attack from the Indians, which happened a lot during that time period of the frontiers days. They were, yeah, you know, because the the Native Americans had realized that the 
the white people, for lack of a better term, was just sort of taking their land. So they were started to uprise and that w- they were getting away from it. And she sort of made it into a bigger deal. Like she was saying that she shot like a several, like 30 to 40 of them. And even though she actually didn't shoot any of them and they actually just got away, it was so I thought it was. I thought it was nice yeah. that they included that into her because that was part of her lore in real life. So they used it in the movie to say that, you know, she's a bit of a yeah. big for her britches kind of gal. So <laughs> um, telling those tall tales. <laughs> yeah, and um, there was uh, so the f- the first the first song that happens that comes in is the Deadwood Stage Coach song with the whip crack away. I noticed in that song, which I thought was hilarious, was she's listing all the items that are on the stagecoach. And there's <laughs> <laughs> there's beads that sparkle. There's artificial pearls. <laughs> there's a fancy hat. <laughs> and I'm just like, is wait, is the Deadwood stagecoach just basically... is? That just like a shipping for dry goods for drag queens. <laughs> just like, hey, we just got in our drag queen supply. <laughs> got calicos for the, the stagecoach. Calicos for the ladies. We got some rhinestones and some sequins. <laughs> Genuine artificial pearls. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> after like, I think, we're gonna make you look real party. <laughs> I think it was after like the fourth or fifth <laughs> item she listed. I was just like, this is all like drag queen stuff like this is like supplies yeah. to make costumes for times like there you guys aren't there's like she didn't mention any food she didn't mention any provisions nope, not at all <laughs> nothing no gumdrops that was it gumdrops apparently yes. were ruined yes. um but hey you know who needs gumdrops when you have fake pearls <laughs> i know I like, oh my this god is amazing um and um, and then and it like goes into the saloon right like it yes. kind of like travels into the <laughs> And it becomes like another, it comes another song that's complete, that's related. It goes into the, it goes into the uh, Golden Garter, which is their local saloon slash hotel slash theater house, which was, I was like, uh, I want to go to the, I I love these, I I love these like, I've been saying every movie, I say there's always one location where I'm just like, can we hang out there, please? I want to go to this. I know. (laughs) I know. It's like, it's. It's the old tiny saloon, and it's so cute. <laughs> the Golden Garter. <laughs> um, I know. I mean, the name even sounds good. I know, because you know that. And and wait, wasn't the okay? Uh, okay, I wrote this down. Is the name of the bar owner Nelly or Millie? Millie. <laughs> but it was like, wait, it, I wanted to. I have it, the. Ca- I'm like, what's the cast list? I have the cast list here, and she kept referring to him as Millie. Oh, because it, his name was Henry Miller. So I guess she was referring okay. to him as Millie, which I was like, okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I kept hearing Nellie, and I was like, oh. but either way, it was. then I heard Millie, too, and I was like, oh, I should bring this up. <laughs> it was such a strange choice of a uh, uh, choice of nickname. Old like, Millie. Okay. All right. Um and I think that what was it? The, oh, the other thing that I caught was the fact that did you realize that the uh, the stagecoach driver whose name is the character's name was Rattlesnake, his real name in real life yeah. was Chubby Johnson. Well, okay. So can we talk about the extras in this well, movie? Wait, no. Because as much as as all the leads are very polished, they look like rootin' tootin', like 
real cowboy people. Yeah, they people. look like they had been... Like, these, these people look like they've been extras, probably since, like, <laughs> you know, silent films But or they something. also look like it's they ridiculous. were have been on set since the silent era. Like, they don't look like they, yeah. they've been washed. They don't look like they've been laundered. It was pretty... It was pretty... Yeah. Um, there was some authenticness yes. going on. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Which made Doris Day's teeth stand out <laughs> even more. Oh, my more. God. Her and Howard Keel's caps were so pearly white. Jeez. It was like... Um, Talk about my choppers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to this day, that's still one of the things that takes me out of period movies. Like, I watch even Game of Thrones I'm watching, and I'm just like, y'all, these teeth are so perfect and so white and so crisp and clean. Yeah. I was like, they yeah. didn't invent tooth teeth toothbrushes until well after this. They would have been disgusting. I know. I know, especially since through the whole movie they keep talking about how Deadwood is just some weird outback cesspool, yeah. not as good as Chicago, and then apparently not Chicago isn't even good enough for the uh, the lady that they're all chasing yes. originally, but uh, but it, but apparently they have a great dental system <laughs> that manages to make Dude. sure that their teeth look amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, but so. Uh, so yeah, that song, this, that first song ends, and then there's that guy. They kind of introduce this weird character named Francis Fryer, who is the oh, yes. who yeah. that apparently was supposed to be the actress that was booked yes. to play at the Golden Garter. And when it, they introduced that character, Francis, and it showed the sign that said, um, "Welcome at the act, famous actress Francis Fryer." I was like, "Please let this be a drag number. Please let this be a drag number." <laughs> Well, it was so well, funny because even how they introduced the character, it's like cut to a terrified man in a stagecoach yes. who's like cringing at everything. Like, where have I come to? He was to? kind of fade then... to begin with. He was kind of fade yes. to begin with. But you know what, Kathleen? <laughs> Ask and you shall be received because we got that drag number. It was, it was, Dude, it was so amazing. It was, uh, <laughs> I so good. So hard, like a goddamn man. It was so good. He was amazing. Wow. Oh, my God. It was like the reluctant drag queen. It was so, oh, my God. It was so funny. But it was just so great because, like, right when he gets into the moment, his wig gets snapped <laughs> off from the trumpet. Yes, it's I was just, like, yeah. I was so just good. Like, yes. Wig <laughs> snatch. Epic so, wig snatch. It was so good. Oh, my God. Um, oh. Woof, Jesus, that was, that was so Yeah, because funny. they were like, oh, you know, like, like apparently, again, with the the whole hijinks of the musical, you know, the, the owner, Millie, um, <laughs> he thinks he's booking a lady. He's booking a lady. Right, it's but not that kind of lady. And yeah. so he ends up with Francis, who um, he basically kicks out on stage in a dress, and he owns it. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Once it's the song started, awesome. it was like it was he was just like, I am feeling it. I am feeling <laughs> myself. He's like, look at all of this, touch this I'm feeling myself. He's like, touch this skin, honey. Touch this skin. He's like these legs. He was These legs with a high it was so like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And here is my glove. Oh, hey. You know, it's just... It was so good. And I love the part where, like, someone tries to pinch his cheek and he almost, like, pinches the guy's face off. He's like, <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's so I draggy. Hope, it's I, great. I hope he's on next season of RuPaul's Drag Race. That'd uh, be so good. Um, 
Oh, somebody needs to do that. Like, wh- how? I mean, I guess it's a pretty obscure reference, but my, oh my God, God. But that I love would be that they such still, a great drag. I love that they allowed the gay, the guy to sing that song, though. So it was like clearly a guy singing in a false. Oh, I love it. it. it yeah. So, oh my God, it was probably one of the, my favorite things I have seen thus far. Oh, <laughs> it was, so it was great. Um, yeah, but for some reason, yeah, and then there's like, and then Millie, or sorry, Calamity Jane comes into the, comes to Millie's defense and all this stuff and like calms the, the rage of the rednecks and yeah. <laughs> all this stuff because they were like. Redneck <laughs> rage. <laughs> Serious. They're like, wait, what? You mean that thing that gave us a boner is a man? And they got all weird and then, yeah, so she's got to like calm that down. Was, and then she's like. And apparently earlier they had, you know, they because they all smoke and I guess porn came in cigarette packs. <laughs> well, there was like weird they trade. Had pictures of ladies, <laughs> but weird trading and they were like, cards Yee-haw! though, because one guy got Queen yeah. Victoria, and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. So it was just like lady trading cards, and so the one that got the horriest whore was like, hey, this one, you can't. She's got no pants on, and so right. they all were like jonesing after her and so uh, um and at that point uh, you know so calamity jane decides like oh well i'll i'll bring this lady here right. i can make this happen. adelaide it's adams was the actress adelaide she was adams. Par- i guess they were she was a big deal she had trading cards at least that was something yeah and her um i love the i guess maybe they're trying to make her like a lily lang tree Perhaps, or whatever yeah. that would have that's the only some other Lady stage name from that time i know <laughs> from that time stage name <laughs> yes from the early from the late 1800s w- was there they never established yeah. really what time i didn't see a title card with a date like a like a date stamp or anything i was actually am, funny you mentioned that cuz i kept thinking that the whole time it looks like it's 70s 1870s 80s 90s yeah. with a 50s twist I think, you know yeah. it's it's a little of all the things there's definitely references because there's a little bit of bustle and then there's like these crazy hats that are very like 1890s but then like very eight like 1950s shoulders Whoa. and like a lot of dark stuff going on in the bustiers which I don't mind I think that looks fabulous <laughs> it did look really good but um it was good yeah. it was totally like musical theater Victorian silhouette like generic right late 19th century western and i'm okay with that it would have been definitely because those hats were fabulous what is up with that bird hat the bird couple of hats there is the bird hat that the okay so adelaide comes on screen and she's looks adorable on her inner stage costume because calamity jane goes to go get adelaide and all this stuff so she runs into the theater adelaide's doing her thing and then backstage she's getting dressed by her maid and Adelaide looks amazing in this this hat that's like three stories tall with all this like curled ostrich oh. and like four different tones of like jewel tones. I was like, oh my god, that hat's amazing. I love that she's on screen for less than yeah. like forty seconds. Like she just like they're like, let's just get her off sc- like hustle her off screen. Um, no, she was great, and in some ways she almost reminded me of like she was like she was like the Dita Von Tees of the eighteen eighties nineties ish with the fifties right. Like she was like, I just can't wait to get out of this podunk Chicago and go to Paris. I'm done with this. You know what? You can have my costumes. Just help me put this amazing fucking hat on my head and I'm out of here. Thanks, lady friend. And then she was gone. And you're like, okay. (laughs) And then her maid's like, oh my god, yay, I've always wanted to play 
play in your costumes and like play dress up. I know. I was just. And, uh, I was like, I will. I, I'll be. If some random ch- chick wants to give me all her costumes, I'd gladly take them. I don't know if I'd fit into them, but I definitely would take them. And I'd be like, okay, let me. Right. Uh, and I would be putting them on and singing to myself in the mirror, as one does and as she does in this movie. <laughs> Which it's funny because as Calamity Jane finds her, I realize it was like, hey, wait a minute. I'm not, like, the biggest geography expert, but Deadwood, South Dakota, Chicago, Illinois. Wait a minute. How, how long is this journey? It's 900 goddamn miles. It looks like she just is like, well, I'm getting on the stage and heading <laughs> over to heading over to Chicago. <laughs> and it's like an hour commute. Well, they show her on a train. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was They show her on a train yeah. at one point. <laughs> you know, just being. They do? They do, yeah. She's on the train oh, okay. and she like puts her feet up and like annoys people because she's like an unrefined woman, <laughs> you know. That's right. Okay, but still, I was just like, okay, we're going on a long journey here. Yeah, you know. Okay, that's... she's doing her thing. She's 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 she's, <laughs> she's rooting and tooting. Okay, things to, the time that doesn't is. time doesn't matter to her. Um. Well, anyway, but yeah, those costumes were amazing. Yeah. Those like. Uh, her stage, you know, yeah, her stage costume. Stage type costumes, oh, so cute. yeah. I mean, and then the backup dancers who were in like the pink, like it was like these little black velvet, like like Poussier bustle numbers, like oh, and yeah. little you know pink like um, roses and stuff, and yeah, that was awesome. super cute. Um, yeah, I love all the so all the co- yeah all the stage costumes that she wore, which she gifted to our friend to the to Katie her Katie. What is that girl's name? Katie something or other. Katie Brown. Katie Brown. Yeah. Katie Brown. So she gifts yeah. all of her costumes to Katie Brown. And most of the costumes are all the same. They're all kind of like almost like a leotard with a with a bunting across the front and a bustle and sort of like a shoulder yeah. bit. And that, like a little tiny oh. hat. <laughs> it's total like 1880s meets 1950s. And it's I'm adorable. Totally okay it was with that. really like, cute. They're really adorable. There was some great. And their hair was amazing too. Yeah. Like really good hair. There were some great Wasn't color like choices waves too. At all. It was like great. Oh, yeah. There were some great color yeah. choices on this co- on the stage costumes because I think li- like the last stage costume you see Katie in is like this brownish, uh, this brown plaid with gold running through it, and then gold like piping and stuff. It was so cute. The one where at the end of the basically like near the end of the movie where she has that whole confrontation with um with Calamity Jane. Do you remember that costume? Yeah. So super cute. Hold uh, up your glass. <laughs> and she like holds up the gun. Oh my God. So Total good. lesbian tension right there. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that was just like, I'm feeling this. I'm like, there is a serious like relationship situation. I, I loved it though. I thought, I mean, it felt, it felt good. I liked, like, I, I can see like now what people are talking about. Like just watching a movie like this, you're like, oh, I can feel, I feel in the subtext. Yeah, the I'm subtext okay was that. more yeah. text than subtext. I mean, it was definitely like yeah. in your face. But it was a little strange that like, it, I I guess it wasn't a little strange. They, it, you know, they couldn't be lesbians. So they had to have Calamity yeah. Jane fall in love with somebody. So she was in love with I felt with like her. they expressed their love greatly through how they fixed up Calamity Jane's cabin. That because, song. And also, I feel like, honestly, I feel like the way like Calamity Jane was in her and Katie, that's like how I feel when you come over to my apartment. I'm like, well, this is what it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, no, it's just little women's touch making pictures up. And I'm like, oh, God. And, 
make their own place and it's really cute. And they paint their names on the doors. They paint their name on the door, Philip. Did you with flowers around? I it? noticed that. That was, that was cute as hell. That was something that I would. Uh, I mean, I would. Uh, I wouldn't do it to my apartment, but I appreciate that they went there. <laughs> oh, oh, but it was so cute. I love that whole like that whole scene. Like mon- it was totally like like a Rocky montage of them like cleaning up the cabin and. You did not see all the major work that was done on the roof or the windows or anything. No. But, man, they painted that door and put on some doilies, and it was cute as they hell. Repl- they you replaced know, that Something like door. that would go for, like, 5,000 months easy in San Francisco. <laughs> and in Brooklyn, probably the same price. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, that I found that once that song started, A Woman's Touch, and they started cleaning, I was like, oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> I was like, No. <laughs> Just because I was like, I can't watch a cleaning montage while women are, while these two chicks are just like really just (laughs) celebrating the fact that they're like, we're ladies. So we get to clean this place up. Isn't it great? And I'm like, oh, together. (laughs) I was like, we're going to celebrate by baking. (laughs) Yay. I mean, they looked good doing it at the very least. They really did. Actually, that was the thing. It was like part of the montage was like you see the slow cleanup of Calamity Jane. She goes from like her very that lady can wear a pair of pants. Yes, let me can. tell you. And um, but she looks. She goes from her really cute buckskins, like trying on some really cute dresses. And apparently, Katie has like the. Mary Poppins version of a suitcase because <laughs> those 1880s, they're just endless. They're just freaking coming out left and right. And they fit them beautifully and they're gorgeous. They're like fairy tale gorgeous. Well, they um, just luckily have to be the put, same size. <laughs> right, luckily. And at some point, she ends up like, you know, a door stands up in this like white blouse, a skirt with a little belt. Adorable. Like, yeah. almost like a school teacher. Adorable. And then. And then she ends up in this little, like, I've never seen a woman wear lemon yellow like freaking Doris Day. Mm-hmm. Because that cute little, like, yellow, lemon yellow bustle outfit that she ends up in, that Katie's like, oh, my God, you look great. Hey. <laughs> and then she's like, well, I'm going to go visit a sick friend. I'll be right back. And then, of course, at that same time, like, you know, um, Buffalo Bill and the lieutenant are having a pissing contest over <laughs> Katie. And they're like, oh, wait, what? She's staying at, she's staying She's staying at the Twink's cabin. I gotta go. And then they, like, race each other to go and, like, meet her. And it, you know, it's like a pissing contest for, like, 15 minutes of them trying to, like, win her affection. And she looks super cute in this, like, calico number with ruffles. And it's, like, so, it's, like, tailored within an inch of the I know. Everything was so tight on both of those chicks. On all the gowns, on the, the, those bustle gowns on both Katie and uh, Calamity Jane were, like, so tight. I was, like, you can hear those seams screaming. (laughs) Yeah, no, when they sit down, you hear it go, (laughs) and, like, and she's got a big old bow in her hair, and it's really cute, and, uh, and then she's, like, you know, finally, like, I guess, like, Calamity Jane's, like, coming home, and, um, and then, like she's like, oh my god, you guys, like stop hitting on me because you're, you're hold up, hold up, you're gonna see Clammy Jane and your boners are gonna be like in her direction. <laughs> I swear to God, soon she comes through this door, That's right, and then yeah. she comes through the door and she's like head to toe in mud. She's like, I fell in the creek, like a you know <laughs> weird, in the, creek. the weird woman she is, and she's like head to toe in mud, and they're like, oh boner down, <laughs> and then and then you 
intentions go back to Katie, but in the end, like, they all end up deciding to, like, go to a dance together, and, um, Katie ends up with Bennett, and, um, Emily Jane ends up with Wild Bill, and they're all on this, like, stagecoach together, like, heading out to this dance. And it's like this caravan of people. I know. Like, all live in the hills. They're like, oh my God, it's something to do. And so they dress <laughs> up and like get in a whole wagon together and like carpool. It was like they carpooled through the Black Hills yeah, to this dance in, in Deadwood, wagon pool. And, uh, <laughs> and they go there and... That is when the glamour Well, but wait a second, place. though. I was so confused because I was like, wait, they didn't have any ladies in the Black Hills at all except for except right. for this new actress, Katie, coming into town and Calamity Jane, who nobody wanted to touch with a 10-foot pole. And then they're like, oh, let's go to the ball. And now 40 women just come out of the woodwork. And I'm like, where the fuck did they get all these other ladies? They live in the Black Hills. <laughs> I was like, so confused. I was like, I thought you guys didn't have any ladies. What is happening here? Oh my god, it was The Black so Hills of South Dakota. <laughs> hey, we, can't, we can't give you a microphone yeah. without you trying to sing into it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh my god. Um, Wait for my mark. <laughs> Especially when it's Doris Day stuff, because it's like, it's, it's really easy to remember. It's, she's very sing-songy. And I have to admit, her and Howard Keel together... Their voices in the duet is like butter. It is crazy. <laughs> they are so cute together. It's just, oh you know, God. adorable. His, his singing voice, though, is like, it sounds almost like he's doing, he's like kind of laying it on in a weird way where you're like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I, can't, I don't know if I can get behind it, especially in this one, because he was like, really putting it on that like super deep like super loud voice and i was like what he almost sounded like he was singing as a character but the character didn't yeah. match his acting voice you know when people you know yeah that. i totally agree like, it was like yeah such a, it was i was like oh all right okay i'm gonna have to i think you know it's funny because i haven't seen him in a, a while too without facial hair oh my God. and um so, like, I think Howard Keel clean-shaven versus, like, Howard Keel and, like, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I'm like, who? What? Like, where's your mustache? I, I'm, where's your mustache go with that voice? It was a little you know, tough. Like, um, it's a little I tough, was, yeah. yeah. I think when it, there was a one point in the movie he was singing it, I was like, he looks like a straight-up goober. Like, I don't know how yeah. he yeah. got... See how he became so famous. I was like, he literally looked like a cartoon character, and his face was made of clay or putty. It was a little <laughs> strange. And my face is made of clay. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, but so uh, yeah, but Calamity Jane when she gets all dolled up for the ball, and she it's finally like the big reveal of her. Like, oh and she my takes god, her jacket, and she is a vision in bubblegum pink taffeta and a cloud of tulle. And I was like, oh, a cloud of tulle around her shoulders, and then a cloud of tulle is a bustle with like. I love how she had like the roses in her her hair, and then they like were on the bustle too. Uh, and even Katie, Katie looked really good Katie too. She had really like, good. and I love how they look distinctly. Di they tried to make them look 
different, like distinctly different, not just in color, but like style and everything. Yeah, I think Katie's um, was really cool because she had like the slate blue and her, and then she had like yeah. this shoulder like flounce. It was like a beaded, it was beaded like off lace. the shoulder neck with the beaded. Oh yeah. my god! And then she had like so red cute. roses on her bustle and in her hair. It looked very Spanish, which I thought was kind of yeah. cool. But I don't know if that would have been like something that would have actually happened in that time period because they weren't, I don't know, maybe. Maybe she was like, I feel in my Mexican roots. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was also looking at, like, not just her, but the other extras. Like, Doris Day, like, it was, as far as hair, like, Doris Day definitely has almost, like, these ingenue hair. Even in that, mm-hmm. like, at some point you can clearly tell she almost has, like, a ponytail. And, yes, she has short hair. Right. Then all the other ladies, I actually thought their hair was pretty awesome. Like, it was definitely 1950s meets 1880s, but it was kind of a great blend because it was these really stylized curls and they were super high updos, were very sculpted with all the flowers in them and, like, pulled back. And I thought they did good. It looked you know? pretty. I thought, it looked... I, I thought, yeah, like, it, it, it harmonized really well with the costume. Yeah, it was believable in that scene, at least. Um, yeah. Um, I do want to actually go back though to when Katie first arrived and was first performing because she basically was under the it was basically a whole big ruse that she was the Adelaide character and so oh, yeah. they, <laughs> Glamity Jay brought her to perform at at the Golden Garter and she was performing as Adelaide and um and she was all like timid and shy and like couldn't get a line out because she was so nervous but when can we talk about when she they were like okay well we'll give you a chance you could sing and like she like totally oh, yeah. just like <laughs> it was like they released a tiger from a cage and she was I'm like so good Pure. well i love like even when she first comes out like and she's all and she's like i <laughs> like this confrontation happens she's not that person like she comes clean and you know and then like doris day oh sorry calamity jane's like just sing how you feel lady and she's like all right and she goes full on like burlicue she's like okay and full scale like burlesque hats off bends head kicking hats off (laughs) it was and then I realized, like, that bitch is tall. <laughs> She's got to be, like, 5'9". She was amazing. Because I mean, Doris Day's 5'7", and she was taller than her. I know she had heels and high hair and everything, oh but she was clearly taller than Doris Day in some of those shots. And and those legs, <laughs> I can kick. <laughs> it was a kick. Oh, bro. It was ridiculous because I was like, wait, she really got that. Like, I was like, her confidence level shot through the roof the second. The second the town was on board with her, she was just like, I'm 50. She's like, five, six, seven, eight. Oh my God, that was so great. Oh, you know what? I just actually, I remember, I'm slight backtrack, but I just remembered something. Remember when, um, Doris Day, like, okay, remember Calamity Jane first goes to Chicago and she's walking down the street and the the whole thing was like, she's noticing all these ladies in their fancy dresses. (laughs) 
and they're all dressed up. And then one of them, who swear to God looks like Ann Miller, but I know it wasn't Ann Miller, and she was clearly wearing the greatest outfit. It was like this red and black ensemble, like bustle ensemble. She turns and she winks at her like, "Hey, what's up? <laughs> what is she up?" Like straight up. Thinks, thinks it's a boy, but or maybe she doesn't. She don't care. Uh, but she like winks at her. I'm like, ah. I can see why so many women put this in their back pocket because there are just there's some subtext yes. and they, they probably didn't even realize they were making subtext when they made this but it's it's kind of hot yeah. I'm just saying okay then we can go back yes no I remember that that was pretty I was like okay that girl is like alright she was going out. Yeah. Um, that was pretty hilarious. But yeah. Yeah, because actually, and even Katie, when she, because when she first meets Katie right. and, and Calamity Jane intrudes on her, Katie even thinks she's a yes. man and, and sort of has that thing. So they have that kind of running joke at first, but then that goes away quickly. You know, after they clean up her cabin and she's... She's been... She's been... <laughs> Whoa. She's been de- is that a metaphor for some... They cleaned up... They cleaned up her cabin. Well, you see, as they cleaned up her cabin, calamity got cleaned. So the cabin Ayo. is a metaphor for calamity. Jane. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's real subtle. That was real subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, a little on the nose there, guys. Well, ever since they painted their names on the door together, I guess they're <laughs> wearing the skirt together. Yes. <laughs> when, when Katie was like, I'm moving in with Calamity, I was like, Calamity has got the biggest lady boner right now. <laughs> she's just like, she's <laughs> like, I got you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to pull one of those like, are you sleeping? And then like, <laughs> just do terrible things. <laughs> The lady never blinked. <laughs> oh my god. Um yeah. Um so anyway, where we're oh yeah, so eventually they fem her up and they go to the ball together oh, yeah, the ball. and Oh and oh we should probably mention that at this point she was still crazy in love with the lieutenant that apparently she had to rescue from an Indian attack. Right. So Jane, Calamity Jane, is in love with the lieutenant the entire time. Like right. at the very beginning of the movie, she's been there's. It's pretty clear that she's got like the hots for this dude. His name is Danny. Danny Gilmartin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a... She's in love with Lieutenant Danny, <laughs> but then he <laughs> he like already like he already you know like has you know instant boner for Katie, but then she doesn't know that like Clement doesn't know that all she knows is like she still likes him, and so they all go to this ball together. Well, wild and looking fabulous. Well, wild Bill also has a boner for Katie too. Like every, every right, they both everybody do. got a boner for Katie. Because <laughs> I mean, she's the latest bit of poontang that's hit the y- y- old Deadwood. So you know, understandably, I mean, my God, they're not dead. Everyone's trying to get that so, strange. You know, yeah, they're all trying to jump on it. Oh my God! And uh, yeah, and so so you know, they take them all. And then it was funny because you know, once um, you know. Calamity Jane gets the ball and she like takes off her coat and she's she's looking amazing with her platinum blonde hair. She is head to toe amazing. She's she's like a cupcake. Yes. It's like a a cupcake with pink frosting and some pearl sprinkles. It's just great. 
And so, maybe, and they're, they're like, oh my gosh, she's a lady with lady parts. Wow. I mean, they, they literally make almost comments like that. Yeah, like, was... she, I didn't know she had some secret weapons. <laughs> and by weapons, I, I met her boobies. <laughs> you know, like, I was surprised that didn't, well, I wasn't, it was the 50s. Anyway, but, you know, like, it was totally like, wow, you just really underlined that. Um, but she looked really beautiful. But then she gets, you know, super butthurt when like <laughs> Katie and <laughs> Katie and the lieutenant walk off, and um, and then eventually, uh, you know, and and uh, she well, long story short, she shoots a gun. Oh my god! At this, like, wait, punch <laughs> cup that Katie's holding. That moment that was, was amazing. Wow! Because that was some lady like, drama. So Calamity Jane versus Lieutenant Dan. And Katie, fucking down. I can't believe you fucking called him Lieutenant Dan. His name Excellent. Is Lieutenant Daniel Gilmartin. So he's Lieutenant Dan. So Lieutenant Dan oh, and Katie are mugging thanks, down Phillip. the side. <laughs> and um, Calamity Jane sees her, them, and she's like loses her shit. She just like she's like what in tarnation. By the way, and then by, she pulls from one of the many guns on the yes. table because everybody's got to leave their gun on the and table so, when you go to and, the dam. Um, Katie's like sipping some punch, and she straight up blows the. the she like shoots the gun and blows yeah. this punch cup and into shards of glass everywhere. And I was and then like, she's like, "Oh, you splashed my face with punch!" I'm like, "Bitch, you're lucky you didn't lose an I eye." I was like, "You like, just got good God!" I'm like. Shards of fucking glass in your face. I don't think she could have made you look like fucking pinhead. (laughs) I just think that like no one. There was a lot of indoor gun shooting in this movie, and no one seemed to be very concerned about it. And I was like, people, yeah, she's firing guns at you. (laughs) Like we need to take this a little bit more seriously. (laughs) Well, no, because then it won't be rooting or tooting. So (laughs) you've got to do both. You got to do both. You can't be rooting unless you're going to be. <laughs> unless you're tooting. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, Would you say that you're more rooting or more tooting? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it depends on the hour of the day, Philip. <laughs> Is it after lunchtime? <laughs> well. Because that's when things uh, start to get a little bit more tooting, if you know what I mean. <laughs> A lady does not share. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah. So yeah. So Katie goes all New Jersey housewives on on. Sorry, Jane goes New Jersey housewives on Katie and shoots shoots yeah. a cup right out of her hand. It's like what? Like smashes the cup all over her and then. Oh, oh my god! It's and so then, and it leaves in a huff. Yep. And um and, and and Kelly's like, oh no, it's her head. It's fun. We're I just I fell down the stairs. It's all good. She's like, like it's you know she'll blow it off like it's no big deal. And, you know, the bitch gonna lose an eye. No, Katie's <laughs> just, just like, well, you're pretty, pretty face, lady. Come on. I love that her reaction was just like, girls will be girls. I'm like, she just threw a gun at you. <laughs> girls will be girls. You know, shooting. Glass bugs out of my oh pants and all. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. At the least you could have chipped your nails. <laughs> and <laughs> you ain't upset about that? At the very, anyway. At the very least. Um, yeah, so then there's this whole like um there's this whole showdown because Katie 
Katie's at Katie's performing and uh, Calamity Jane comes in and like basically tells her to get out of town while she's on stage, which I was like, that's a bold, yeah. like, that's a bold move. <laughs> oh, that was great. And then Katie's like, Hey Jane. Oh no. Hey Calam, <laughs> hold up your glass. She didn't really talk like that. And then she, <laughs> she held her glass up and then like some random dude in the crush. She's like, Hey, that one. So give me a gun. <laughs> And then, like, held up a gun and shot it. But it wasn't, she didn't actually shoot Flamity's glass. Howard, sorry, uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Bill did. Bill. Wild <laughs> Bill, sorry. Buffalo Bill, Wild <laughs> Bill. One of the Bills. Oh, God. And then he cut her up. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Wrong one. Oh, Wrong one. Wrong one, y'all. <laughs> He fired the That's gun for and another he put podcast. the lotion on the <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Um, well, you know, that's when Warner Brothers got real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah, they, they had their own, like, little showdown where, you know, fires a gun. And they get super upset. Uh, she storms out and... Um, uh, you know, um, Buffalo Bill. <laughs> wild Bill. Well, it's just Wild Bill. We'll fix it in post. Jesus. <laughs> Mr. Hickox. <laughs> he takes her outside and talks to her. And um, this is when it pretty much ends in marriage fever. Oh, my God. Because, this whole scene was so uh, bizarre. I was, wait, because uh, I was a little confused. I was way like, to wrap up a movie again. I was so confused, though, 50s. because why did Katie want to shoot a glass out of her hand anyway like what was the was it like retribution or what, what yeah the, it was like to prove a point because well first well because calamity jane's like well no she basically tells her like she's running around a town she's like there's a like jane shows up and she's like there's a stagecoach and you need to be on Ooh. it and she's like hey um i think you need to, and then she's like oh really hey so-and-so hand me your gun hey jane hold up your glass she like shoots it out of her hand and then but then she ends up leaving anyway. So, yeah, I don't yeah. get it. I, well, anyway, that was a little bit of a strange thing. So Howard Keels, who, Mr. Hickok, like chases after Calamity, and they have this moment where he's basically like, "It's it was a strange moment because Calamity's like, I loved Lieutenant Dan, and Hickok's like, well, I love Katie, and I, and I love Lieutenant Dan, I love Katie, I love Lieutenant Dan, I love Katie. Let's mug down. And so they yeah. kiss and like start bugging down, and then they're just like, "Well, I guess we're together." <laughs> and I was like, "I think it was one of those." They're like, you know, if I just close my eyes, I could just pretend it's that person. <laughs> I was like, I could just do that forever. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> and scene. Wait, I was like, no, wait, I mean, you guys if, are gonna make out uh, with each other while pining for another couple. Like, what kind of polyamory were crazy this is this? Like. <laughs> Like, yeah, you guys are way, way ahead of your time. It was really weird. But then once they established they were a couple, um, apparently Jane's like super duper happy, like so happy that she goes off with her horse and sings Secret Love. <laughs> Which won her an Oscar. Well, won the uh, writers an won Oscar. Won an Oscar. And is like ended up being in sort of her canon of like her main songs that she always sang. Um but uh, but yeah, and, and she sings that, but then goes into town and only like to say like, hey, you know what? 
It's all good, Katie. I'm getting married because now that I'm getting married, I have a reason to live <laughs> and a reason to not be hating on anything because I'm getting married and that's what my existence is all about because I'm getting married. It's 1953. Oh my and, God. But little did she know, Katie was already gone. She was like, you know what? Peace out of here. Like, peace out of this madness and this white trashness. Like, I'm getting the fuck out. I am on the stage out of here. I left the lieutenant behind, and I left you a goodbye Jane note. <laughs> goodbye here Jane. you go. Here you go. And you know what? I'm going to make the lieutenant read it. Here you go. <laughs> and he reads it, and she's like, oh, no. And she gets on her horse. No, no, I wrote she, this down. You know, she gets on someone else's horse. <laughs> oh, someone else's horse? She steals somebody else's horse. Oh. I was like, that's not the horse she rode in on. I love that. <laughs> gets on someone else's horse. She chases her down, hops up on the stagecoach, does the old hop through the window routine, which is always a panty crasher. (laughs) (laughs) She hops through the window, tells them, like, she's like, you know what? It's cool. I don't care about anything, man. I'm getting married. I'm getting goddamn married. You have. You have very strong feelings about these movies and their merit. Everything ends in marriage. No, no, no. But you know what? It's not the first time I've said double wedding. And that's exactly what ends in this movie. I wrote it down and underlined that shit because I knew you were going to say Double wedding. Had, like, what does this mean? They even had the two couples on the top of the cake. It was like, wow. You... <laughs> that is the most 1953 cake I've seen in the 1880s. I just have to, were, were double weddings like a big deal in the 50s where everyone was like, I can't wait to get me and my uh, girlfriends to get married together on the same day it, at the same venue. Wedding fever. You know what? I can put aside everything in my fucking life right now because I'm getting married! Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Good Lord, help me. Well, yeah, so that's the movie. <laughs> yep. In a nutshell. And scene. Whip crack away, bitches. Yep. Whip, Whip crack, crack away. away. Oh, my God. That being said, I I, I kind of loved Doris Day's, like, bride gowns. It, it was really, really yeah. cute. And, and in general, like, the dresses were really beautiful. Um, she looked beautiful. There were a lot of really beautiful. Was, like, well, see, this uh, is my original concern. She's just so cute. When we, first, <laughs> when you, when we first suggested that, when you first suggested this movie, I was like, "Oh, there's not going to be a lot of glamour in this one." But it, it turned it turned it out. She, they turned it out. They yeah. were like, "We got some stage ladies, and we're going to make this shit look crisp." Um, oh my and gosh! They did. And don't forget they our totally favorite did. Francis Fryer, yeah. because remember his. <laughs> Remember his pink and white satin lady boy suit? It was a three-piece suit. Remember it was pink and white satin. There was a lot going on. Please rewatch that. That was covered buttons. Well, his his lady outfit was like lime green and black, and it had matching green spats. It was... Oh, it was pretty amazing. But uh, he it was it, pretty his amazing. suits though were pretty pretty dandy as well. Like he was he was Well, and there. I did love yeah, no, and a couple of them were really amazing, like um just almost in a realistic way because um he had these beautiful they were like these beautiful like thick tweeds mm-hmm. and then I love the binding, like he had the binding all yeah. around the jacket with the lapels, which was really super gorgeous. And just 
fit him yeah. beautifully. And Howard and, Keel actually has you know. some good, some really nice plaid oh, waistcoats, yeah. which I was yeah. like, I want a plaid waistcoat. That's what I think that's what I'm going to do. He had some sweet waistcoats yeah. on his little tie and everything. And dope. yeah, like they brought it all together. Just about everyone in there, even the extras were wearing, it was all like three piece sort of ensembles. Like if they didn't have their jacket on, like there were oh, a lot of vests. And even on like the extras, like and these old dudes, like there was just a lot of that like color and texture and realness yeah. that um, that really, yeah, just added to it. And I think in a great way that wasn't so t- it wasn't like Technicolor, and it clearly it clearly weren't like it felt less theatrical and a bit more realistic on the guys. But, but it was the, subtle. Yeah. It was subtle how it was in the background because then the backgrounds were like very theatrical, yeah. you know. So it was this really interesting mix, but. Um, but really great. Um, um, seriously, like, Howard Keel and Doris Day's voices sound so nice together. And um, and just in general, those songs are really cute and infectious and very easy to want to sing along to. Um, yeah, musically, and, uh, this was a good movie yeah. to watch. Like, it was really cute. Um, and then... I feel like you could have easily edited out, edited out all of the scenes with the Native, like, the Native American stuff. Oh. And it would, I wouldn't even... All the over like it still would have been amazing. All the over yeah. <laughs> because there weren't. It wasn't in any of the musical numbers. No. It just it did feel kind of shoehorned in. And I think like if you with some subtle editing, you could pretty much like edit out those parts and like not miss any of the context or the other magic of the film. Yeah. Just saying. The only thing that I think that we need to mention is that um, is Katie's traveling gown that she wore that like that like uh, bright the blue, bright blue ensemble? velvet ensemble. Yes, and all the the there was like and all the edges of the lapels had like beads and they sparkled and then she had this amazing hat that was basically just a Her dead bird. Hat was amazing. It was like basically it the, was. a dead bird. And then I noticed on the bustle, the bustle had like one of those pleated like draped like kind of like waterfall things which was lined in a contrast color and I was like yes. Oh, I so love nice. that. I loved how like there was there were these little subtle parts where it was basically like um, it was that like sapphire blue, yeah. but then like the undersides were like these shocking pink yeah. that were just like, a, like ever so subtly so in there. It was so nice. And it was beautiful. As as my mom was very Warner Brothers, that just subtlety it, where things aren't really in your face, but they're just like a strong silhouette and really beautiful colors, textures. And like a beautiful fit on everything, and that hair was freaking on yeah. point. She it really. I was. couldn't put my finger on it on her care on her as an actress. I'm not familiar with her um, before this. I know or she's after like this. a professional dancer. Alan, I think she Alan and yeah. Cleary. Um, but she looks like she looks like a she looks like what's her face? Um, Anne Hathaway almost. Like in this movie, similar, she looks yeah. very similar to Anne Hathaway, um, a young Anne Hathaway. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It turned out, it, it, it took me by surprise at the very least. So that's good. Yeah. You know. um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, is there anything else I we mean, need to talk about on this one? I'm yeah. trying to think. Oh, Celluloid Closet. Oh, yeah. Well, remember we had brought that up, but like, um, that, you know, I, in YouTube, you know, like we both really, really love that documentary. Highly recommend for anyone to watch. It's it's old. I mean, gosh, it's like almost twenty years old now. Yeah. Um, but I, I swear, I, I, I probably watch that at least once a year. I just really, really like the yeah. collection of the the. I like hearing you know people talk about that and and like how certain movies. Like I feel like I learned so much listening to, um, or not listening to it, but like hearing that documentary and hearing about the different um 
movies and actors from that time because I love a lot of that. Um, it actually inspired me to um, learn more about like the pre Hays Code movies and how film was so different before like the 40s and 50s. So if you're anyone who's like into film whatsoever, um, I highly recommend it because um, it just it really breaks down that there were different eras of filmmaking and that how filmmaking was more liberal in the like the 20s and 30s yeah. than it was in the 40s and 50s, which is hard for us to believe because you always think that like things get better as time goes on. But to know that there was that and like that could happen again, <laughs> you know, it's something to think about. But anyway, but uh, yeah, yeah, like I remember uh, Calamity Jane being highlighted as a very um, a movie that a lot of, of women who were, um, you know, did not know, even know that they were gay at the time, but like watching that movie and like feeling something about it, you know, and knowing that that was something that they could watch that would, it, you know, cause like even the song Secret Love, like it gave them something that they knew they could watch and like feel connected to, you know, and not feel that they had to conform to a certain thing to feel love or have love. Yeah, and I think that's really important. I was important. actually going to say that earlier is because I felt like the song Secret Love didn't make sense with the storyline a lot because she, this, the love that she had with, uh, with, um, Buffalo Bill or Wild Bill or whomever she was in love with <laughs> um, wasn't very secret for very for long. Like, and I don't feel like yeah. she was even keeping it a secret. So it sounded, it almost seemed like that song was referencing something else, which could have been the, the relationship between her character and Katie's character. So it was an interesting, it was an interesting song. It didn't like listening to it now, no, like having being, this age and being this time period and having it being out, you know, out loud and proud. It's would, it kind of seemed a little strange, but I guess if I was looking at it from that context, it would make a lot of, it would make more sense and make more reference to the sort of subtle relationship between those two characters. Yeah. And, and I don't even know if, even if so much people are reading into it, even in that sense, but it's just like, it's like sort of that idea of like being grateful for crumbs. Right. It's just like these crumb crumbs of something that feel, even if it's a, a woman sort of singing it and singing in that way, you you know, it, like, and that's where I think in that documentary it was so great the way some women described. They're like, I could just piece it together in my mind. I could pretend, right. you it's know, like and you, you can, can just, just take those little crumbs and like put them together in your own little fantasy. Yeah, you can, like, take and I think that they added that. Kibble, like keep yeah. them together to make your own sort of thing. It's like sort of like selectively listening and watching the movie in a way. It's like you're just being like, I'm going to ignore all the other stuff and just pay attention to these parts because these are the most important to me. So it makes, exactly. it makes sense that you would do it because you don't have a lot of references. You wouldn't have had a lot of references back then. But, yeah. yeah. And and I think that's that's what I think makes this, makes this movie so special is that it was that it was a vehicle at a time when you had nothing to sort of have that comfort zone of something you could look to that you could sort of piece together and sort of have a fantasy with that, you know? And I think that, um, but yeah, you know, uh, it, it's also just a really great movie. I, I don't, I, I never, I have to admit, I haven't watched a whole lot of the sort of like the Doris Day, like later 60s mm -hmm. stuff that she did. Yeah. I really think of her with this, like this and like sort of her earlier stuff. Uh, like April in Paris and everything that the very fifties, and she was a lot more sort of spunky and plucky, and and I feel like they utilized just I don't know her intelligence maybe I it, it could be wrong, but like it's just I, I really yeah I, and she's so physical and so great it's just that like 
classic Hollywood musical. You know, her and Howard Keel, it's just it's so big and they belt it out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. So yep, that's the movie. Um so uh why don't you guys uh hit us up on social media? You can get us on Facebook at Old Hollywood Realness. Pretty easy to find. Um, Instagram at Old Hollywood Realness. At OHR Podcast on Twitter. And then, as always, we want to give a huge thanks to our buddy Hal Lublin for generously lending his vocal talents to the podcast opening. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, also you can hit us up on oldhollywoodworldness.com. You can email us if you have anything you want to add, any stories you want us to hear. We'd love to get and be in touch with you guys. Um Anything else? Subscribe, rate, review, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yes. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.